Start all. Just fuck it then. Start just all. Hype ourselves up. Just get ready. Ready any podcast podcast mainframe that's been a while. It's been a long, long oh, time. It has. And it's almost as long as fucking lockdown. I cannot believe we're still in it. We're even we're back in it. Worse than it. I Fucking worst, peace. Worst numbers of all time. Which makes you think that March up until now is just fucking pointless. When we Joanna should have been doing it like, New Zealand. It's, Joanna was made it fucking awful. Like I've, you, you knew that it, the Fright Fest Glasgow was going to be cut or put online anyway. You knew it was going to be put online because there's no way we would be down to like tier one by then. But see, seeing it being officially the lineup out as being online, it's just it makes it gutting and shit. It's because as much as much as I want to do the online thing, and like up until we we go to do it, I'll be like, oh, I'm looking forward to it. We'll we'll make it just as much fun as the actual fright fest. We can't. It's just no quite the same as us both drinking wine together so much that we just scream abuse at directors. Because uh, yeah, one hundred percent, it's going to be difficult to to to, to manage it because. I remember when they said they were doing the London one online last year for uh, for August, and then they were doing the Halloween one online as well. And I had looked at the lineup and said, "Oh yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to buy some movies." And I bought zero. <laughs> but there's, there, I think there's something about it being the, the Glasgow one that I feel as if I want to. But now this is, I think, where they've been clever because I'm assuming, right, that the, you know, whatever they need, whatever they they had to spend to make Fright Fest happen, right. They put the online tickets out, and I don't know if they made their money back. I don't know if they made profit. I don't know anything about that at all. So right now, this is just complete speculation and assumption. <laughs> but what they've done for this one is they've limited it to 500 passes. Now that to me says why? Like what the fuck are you doing that for? It's online. You could you could literally sell it to fucking a million people. Why are you doing that? Because if you say there's unlimited amounts, people will say, ah, oh, I might get one. But you say 500, people are, I fucking need to get one. So yeah. they'll sell out those five hundred per movie. That's that's uh, what is that? 30, 35 grand, thirty grand. What's five sixes? Thirty. Thirty. That's thirty grand that they'll make like that straight away because people, the supply and demand will make people buy them instantly. And I don't know how because they don't let you do passes. So how's it going to even work? Monday, I'm fucking working Monday, and it's on sale at uh, t- midday. And if anybody's listening to this, just you back off away from your computer because I want to buy a pass. Don't you be buying passes? <laughs> I want to buy a passes. How are you supposed to buy six movies before they all sell out? Like, you just got to hope that you get all six, or do you need to buy them one at a time? Do you put them in a cart? But you're allowed to hold them in a cart. I don't know how it works. Surely there is a pass. No, there's I've no, no passes. I've... You can't. You can't buy all six. In Awani, you need to buy them all individually. So it makes me think, can I put them all in a cart and then like pay for them all at once? Ah, but by the time you then go to pay your cart, some of them will be sold out. Well, see, that's the thing because that's used to happen when we used to buy seats at the, the GFT, didn't they? Remember, you used to be like, you go in and there'd be no seats and you go back in mm-hmm. 20 minutes later and there'd be seats available because people would hold them in carts then drop them. Yeah. The first so, like, three years of Fright Fest, we, we, we done that because we kept freaking out thinking we'd lost our tickets. Yeah. I, I think they'll say 500 but it, it basically if you want to buy a ticket you're going to buy a ticket yeah, I don't think there, there's no way they're going to actually curb it at 500 because how would you make, know how would you even know there's 500 people watching online yeah it would it would make sense because the London one when you then followed the group the grief that they were getting because 
maybe the tickets weren't working right or uh, a lot of the time that I think it was a was it a short film kind of thing that you were getting for free anyway and I kept seeing people constantly moaning because they used a ticket for that short film thing even though they were told clearly this is for free so don't use any of your tickets for it so maybe they've just thought right well if we say 500 at least we're only going to get 500 fucking idiots rather than possibly a thousand idiots that are going to keep doing this and making our life hell so they've maybe thought about it that way also do you think it might be anything to do with a capacity for the, the web servers to stream the movies would that have an effect if there's loads of people trying to watch it at once or should that just should that not affect it should that be a no, broadband it, that affects that that could be a shout because there was a, I think there was a lot of people had a bit of grief with the London one that maybe some stuff wasn't streaming as well and yeah. uh, or it was delayed again this is all speculation just from yeah. what I read in a Facebook group so yeah. there's no passes though for, I yeah. might I'll doubt it. Individual, individual <laughs> movies. So for, for Fright Face, I'm actually interested, because they're only putting six movies up, and I'm actually interested in all six, and I've had a look at the, the film festival lineup and the featured page on the GFT website. That A24 movie, Minari, with uh, Stephen Yeun from The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. that's on it. And uh, there's a movie with Aubrey Plaza called Black Bear that looks darkly comedic, it says, but it looks strange. So I'm into that as well. So that's two. That's two movies. So that's like that's fucking eighty quid, which seems mad when I'm sure like that. That that would then mean the passes are are or the tickets for that are more expensive than usual fright fest. Except you're not dirtying up the cinema. So why are they more expensive? They should be cheaper if you're watching it for the house. And there's what what I worry about watching it in the house because we know the caliber of some fright fest movies. And if you're sitting, see if I was like, see if I scrolled through like the bottom ends of like Amazon Prime and started watching something that was a fright fest movie, but I didn't know, and I just put it on, I'd probably watch it for. It's kind of like something that maybe be on at like two in the morning in the horror horror channel, and you put it on and you're like, this is a bit shit, and turn it off after ten fifteen minutes. Whereas if you're sitting mm-hmm. in the film theater with everybody. You, you, like, you, you give it the benefit of the doubt and you watch the whole thing unless it's a bad boy <laughs> see, see last year see if A Night of Horror Nightmare Radio I'd paid £10 to watch that <laughs> it would have been a, a, it would have been a that's right yeah, 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 yeah. that was the, the twist because it was changed positions you never know that made it in my top 10 <laughs> it was Spanish something. if A Night of Horror is in your top 10 I'm sacking that right now we're not even getting to your 10 that's the worst film. That is the worst film I've seen this year. This is well, this is that's, the one, that, that's the one that they flipped, didn't they? They put that on during the day rather than at night. They put it on first because the first yeah. movie wasn't working and it was just you understood it because obviously you're fluent in Spanish. The rest yeah. is didn't because we're not fluent in Spanish and that movie was fucking guff. That was absolutely terrible. If I paid well, ten pounds for it, I, I would uh, I'd be going round the houses of everyone that, did, that dealt with the organisation of that fright fest, and I would cut out their eyes. Well, because that's the thing. Because that was that's actually that, that's that is actually in my top ten. Because I didn't think I'd seen that many movies this year, so I just I've just put down. Uh, basically, it's just fright fest in chronological order. 
Oh, that upsets me so fucking much, Dean. It's that well, it, you know, at, at ten, I've, 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 it's uh, ten, ten minutes. No, sorry, twenty-two minutes of synchronic because obviously because I didn't see the whole thing. So that's your number ten. Uh, that's my number ten. I'm with it. Bye. I'm hanging up. Every every year. Right. And then right, right. Hold on. Let me go. Let me go. Let me go. And, let me go and have a look and see what I've got. Right. Uh, pause this now, and we'll come back. Uh, don't worry about the listeners because this it's time travel for them. This will be seamless. They won't even notice we've went away. Right. Pause it. I'll make a list, and then we'll come back. <laughs> Scott and Liam versus Evil. Welcome to Scott and Liam versus Evil. Um, this is uh, the top ten episode where we have put in a hell of a lot of work and got an extensively fantastic and superb list of everything we have watched and rated in 2020. It was a shit year, but was it a shit year for movies? Stay tuned to find out. Yeah, that was quite professional, wasn't it? This is episode 129, and I haven't spent the last 20 minutes being absolutely outraged or raging, as you can tell from my voice. This is definitely flowing so naturally and happy. I'm so glad we're doing another best of, and we've come back after another hiatus, so we can do the best of that Scott has put time, effort, and consideration into. I do. I have. I do. I have a proper listener. You'll be surprised. <laughs> where do you Where do you feel my uh, maturity? I actually, uh, there's sick sitting in my throat just when you said 22 minutes is synchronic is number yeah. 10 and I actually because waited a wee bit I thought oh. I had to leave the cinema back in uh, March last year because I had uh, Covid uh, I was patient zero in Glasgow <laughs> we, we maybe shouldn't have put that out there because that <laughs> is definitely true you definitely did have Covid that day and that was a room full of people and obviously we just didn't quite know what was about to happen the week after that I didn't give a fuck. <laughs> no, I, I didn't actually have COVID. I had a very, very short um, sickness bug. It just made me feel like shit, and I slept, and then I went back into that room full of people the next day, and I was fine. <laughs> <laughs> However, 12 of them died. All because of Scott. So anyway, everyone, welcome to Scotland vs. Evil, episode 129. I'm Liam. And I'm Scott. And we are back again. There was a hiatus. Is there a reason for it? Probably not. No. I don't think so. the, way, the reason for it is just because um, we're, we're in the middle of lockdown and you would think, well, you've got fucking a lot more time then. Actually, what I seem to have um, is less time. Far Much less. And less time. And there's also there's not a whole lot to talk about. And obviously, we very rarely actually cover the movies that we say we're going to cover. It's usually just talking shit about what's happened to us that week. And in the house, nothing really happens. And you don't really want to just hear us sitting talking about how nothing has happened that week. Or maybe, maybe you do. Maybe we're robbing the listeners of just hearing how monotonous life is. Uh, I'll tell you what's happened uh, in, in my house. Uh, Lauren gutted the kitchen the other day there and she moved everything, like all the cupboards, like everything is now in a different cupboard. And uh, I'm regularly, I don't know where my bowls are. Then I know what she's done in my favourite coffee cup. So that's my life. So if you're actually listening to this episode and there was a part of you thought that listening to what we got up to 
just in our everyday life would interest you. I'm glad Scott has now seen you right, <laughs> and nobody wants to listen to that. <laughs> I also, I yeah. also get Scott's cupboard drama. Uh, the other, last week I drank a bottle of Mad Dog and 17 beers and half a bottle of whiskey and was sitting astounded when I found out just how blind uh, Andrea Bocelli actually is. <laughs> is that? <laughs> I didn't realise you were drunk when you sent that picture through. Oh, no, I that. was fucking steaming at my tits, man. That was gone. <laughs> <laughs> that guy anyone, blind. <laughs> anyone not in that message Scott sent a, a gif of Andrea Bocelli clearly singing blind I, I wish it was a gif it was me I was recording my telly when I was watching YouTube oh, yeah, I, thought it was, I thought it was a gif how did I not know you were drunk then uh, and know. Scott has just realised that Andrea Bocelli is blind when you should actually put that video up because how, how you ever watch that man singing thought he had full control of his eyes. I just thought he was like really into the singing because he had his eyes shut. I didn't realise it was because they don't work. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe we're firing shots at Andrea Bocelli. Who hey, could be a listener. He could be a top know. listener. He could be sitting right now with a Scott and Liam versus Eagle top. Somebody's audio, obviously put him in. He doesn't know that he's wearing it. Audio, uh, audio podcasts are certainly the, uh, the preferred medium for him, I'd imagine, because Telly's got to be at the windy. Unless you've got the audio description. All oh, right, okay. Now we need to talk about the audio description. Did you know that there is an audio description for that TV program, uh, Naked Attraction? <laughs> no, I don't. Have you tried it? Right, I see this. There's a there's a clip on it. It's Radio One that f- discovered this. Uh, that uh, those fucking fannies that they then Nuendo Bingo they discovered this. And the guy who's this is like he's using different words to describe penises, balls, fannies, and tits. <laughs> All, 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 all of the genitalia. <laughs> yeah, gen- aye, all of the genitalia. Pubes as well. I've never watched that naked attraction. No well, part. You want to do, what you want to do is have a couple of drinks, watch it, and put on the audio description. Have a great laugh, no, everybody and anybody. Only two things can happen there. Either I get drunk and I get really, really, really sad comparing myself to all these well-hung men on the TV or sometimes they're not that's the thing or I get really really drunk and I spend my Friday night laughing at wee penises which to be honest isn't really a thing I want to do on a Friday night see I thought you were going to say it was either you're either going to watch it and have a really hilarious time because you're laughing at um, the audio descriptions or you're going to watch it and you're uh, and you're going to get super horny either way it's a good Friday night I don't, I, I don't think I'd ever watch that programme and get horny. The idea of it horrifies me. Like, you are just naked strangers looking at each other and deciding if you want to go out based on your bodies. That horrifies me, because I would never go out with me. <laughs> <laughs> my, my body is disgusting. <laughs> would you ever do it? Would you ever go on? Go with you. I, I know you would go with me, but would you ever, <laughs> would you ever go on Naked Attraction? No. I would, I would only go naked, naked attraction as if I was absolutely fucking steaming at my tits because <laughs> that's the only times I've ever really been naked in public before. <laughs> and yeah, I, I have been present at every yeah. single one of those times. Excellent. Right, so we are here for the best of horror 2020 list based on, obviously, me and Scott. You know what you're in for. You know you're in for 10 movies that I've actually seen and now 10 movies that Scott may, <laughs> may have seen. Uh, 
So, do you want to go first, Scott? Do you want me to go first? Uh, or do you want to give your honourable mentions first? Um, I'm assuming you've... Obviously, I know that you spent hours doing this last long before this recording. Uh, you were messaging me days ago about how you were up all night, really putting the time and effort into this list. So, you've maybe not even come up with honourable mentions. I want to... Let's go through let's you know what we should do let's do 10 to 3 like 10 to 4 and then do our own mentions and then we'll do our 3 to 1 right so 10 to 4 honorable mentions 3 to 1 right okay yes. why <laughs> i just think it's more suspenseful for the listener <laughs> it's more suspenseful to tell them 10 to 4 then give them the ones that weren't even good enough to make number 10 yeah, no, because I've seen uh, I've seen this done on TV before when they do countdowns. Because nobody cares right, about honorable okay. mentions, but they're caring about the three, two, one, and you just give them that little bit. It's like edging; they're almost there when you get to number when you tell them number four, and then you just pull them back again. So by the time you do the three, two, one, they're ready to fucking explode. Just jazz so, now, so just guys, as you're listening to this, obviously when you get to number four, get really, really fucking excited, and then be prepared to be disappointed. Pretty much. Pretty much, right, cool. <laughs> no worries. Uh, right, so number 10, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Do you you want go to first, like, so judge where we're, where we're at, yeah. <laughs> See, you can judge if you've also seen this movie and want to add it to your list. Yeah. Uh, right, my number 10 is a South Korean film. It is on Netflix. It is directed... I don't actually know, should we just do this... Should we do this a, a, a certain way? Should we just name the movie, director, synopsis, or just just fucking open my mouth and just, just let just it all that, out? Just, that, just name the movie and a wee bit why you liked it so much that it did in your top ten. Right. right. So this movie is called Hashtag Alive. It is, oh, fuck, I forgot about that movie. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> I hate everything about you. Yeah. <laughs> So it's uh, it's on Netflix. The synopsis is the rapid spread of an unknown infection has left an entire city in ungovernable chaos, but one survivor remains alive in isolation. It is his story. It's directed by Il Cho. Possibly wrong there. Uh, he also wrote the screenplay. This movie, I, I saw the trailer for it. I thought, that looks quite interesting. And being slightly racist in the way that all South Korean movies are fucking excellent. Like, I've not seen a bad Korean film. So far, obviously, you, you can then message me now and give me terrible Korean films. But as far as I'm concerned, I've not seen a bad one. So I thought the trailer looks quite good. I've not heard them talk about this. Let's check it out. I fucking loved this. This was a lot of fun. This was a, a young guy in his flat. The world's gone to shit. There's a, there's a kind of zombie outbreak. And he's like, he's doing what all of us would do. I'm not going out there. Fuck, well, I suppose all of us, everyone except Scott. I'm not going out there because I've not prepared for this. I don't have a cupboard full of rice and bottles of water. Uh, I'm just going to stay here. And then the story develops. It's fun. It's shot so well. It looks excellent. The music is fucking brilliant. It's like South Korean rap, I think. Uh it's just so much fun. It's such a good film to come out of nowhere and just appear on Netflix. I really, really enjoyed this. Uh, it doesn't do a whole lot different, but what it does is is 
strong. It, the character, the way they build the characters, is great. You, you're fully there with them, uh, and it's just a lot of fun. Really, really enjoy the live. It's um, it's like a good love story as well. When they, when he's getting to know the, is the 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 girl across the, the way. Yep. Um, I honestly forgot all about Alive, and I um, I feel like I want to take my number ten out and put Alive in my number ten. Because <laughs> it was good. I liked it, and it's and it's totally true. It's like what would happen in a zombie. It's like a zombie movie where the people, the main character, does what he's told. And like follows Aye. the rules for the telly, like stays inside, stay indoors. It's like it's it's like it's like the lockdown, but actually everybody paid attention. It's like New Zealand. Hashtag alive is New Zealand in the in lockdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did what they're told in like New Zealand. You, since okay. you say you enjoy South Korean movies, by the way, just as a wee counterpoint here, uh, the the film festival is part like this year the not the Fright Fest part, the Glasgow Film Festival part. The country they're focusing on this year is South Korea, so there'll be a lot of South Korean movies available for streaming, buying passes to stream. Which it's probably excellent. I get that off the back of well, Parasite. Probably, that's probably like um, filtering through and, and saturating your palate with uh, South Korean movies. So I possibly believe you might see a bad South Korean movie. But I, I'm kind of that in the way that when you have something that you think is a wee bit special to you, and then it becomes so popular right now I'm like oh I wish you wouldn't show that because I, I like that I like all these South Korean films and a lot of people maybe haven't heard of them even though now obviously they have it is way more popular I feel like the film festival doing that is just fully cashing in on Parasite which the, the film festival doesn't need to do that because the people that are going to the film festival every year have been watching South Korean films for fucking years you don't have to flood it just to be like oh by the way you do know career making films Folk are going to the film festival knowing that. Yeah. You don't need to do that. Just put, show the good ones. Same as show the good ones for everywhere else. I am going to watch that Minari one though, because it is A24, so it can't. That that's South Korean and A24, so that's literally that cannot be a bad movie. Ah, that has to be a win-win situation. Uh, so right, uh, do you know wait, what? If you want to change your ten, no, no, <laughs> for the sake yeah. of just keeping it as it is, um, I I'll leave my ten the way it is. My number 10 is Sea Fever, which was a Fright Fest number, which was uh, a good wee um, boat number. Um, <laughs> a good, a good <laughs> wee boat number. <laughs> that should be. There was a monster in the sea. You didn't really see the monster, but you, um, it had blue jelly that came into the boat and uh, a guy's eyes exploded. Remember, it's huh? got spoilers. Oh, uh, there was some good practical effects with um, <laughs> one of the people. And... Um, yeah, it was quite good. I I just I thought it was quite an enjoyable movie. Uh, I thought it was acted really well. Um, yeah, ten. See here. So I take it I'm doing the uh, the synopsis and all that then. Uh, well, I, I said it was a boat, a wee boat, and a monster and blue blood. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> we just did our own synopsis. Okay, it was also directed by Nisa Hardiman. Uh, just in case that matters to anyone. Mm. See what Sea Fever was was great. I thought I enjoyed it. Yeah, I missed the. I think it. Die it... exploding. Yeah. Um, I, I believe it got a release. I'm sure it got some form of maybe a physical release. So it is out there, peeps. If you want to go and uh, look for it and watch it, because it's uh, it's definitely worth your time. And I apologise for calling you peeps. <laughs> I think it's on Netflix. If it's not on Netflix, it's on Amazon. So 
all you peeps can find it there. Uh, and we should just always call everybody peeps. Mm. It's quite good. It flows quite naturally. Yeah. Cool. So that was your number nine, the ten. Yes. No, that was number ten. Yeah. Uh, I can never ever follow this, which is quite upsetting. Uh, right. So know, my it's number. Funny though, because it's quite easy because it's just it's counting backwards from ten. But uh, <laughs> we will, you know, we, we'll get there. So nine is next. <laughs> we might not even say numbers. Just you, you guys count. This is an interactive podcast. You guys count. You find out where these movies are in our list. You just gotta throw let's, them out. Let's let's not kid on. The only one anybody's interested in is number one because that's the only one that matters because that's the winner and that's the end yet. Everyone else is shite. <laughs> that's just <laughs> nine shite films and a winner. <laughs> Generally, the nine I'm going to talk about. I'd I'd like you to go and watch. If you've not watched hashtag alive, go and watch it. If you've not watched Sea Fever, do you know what? I go and watch it because it's well worth it. Uh, so my number nine, yes, is yes. one that. It kind of upset me to put in because of somebody who's in it. The person who's in it, I've spent the best part of our podcast from the, the beginning slagging you for liking, uh, telling you I don't think she can act, that I think she's wooden, uh, that I think every oh, movie I'm she's in. For you, Liam. <laughs> it's, it's fucking horrible. So my number nine is Underwater. Directed by William Eubank and starring who, Scott? Kristen Stewart. The fantastic, underrated, amazing Kristen Stewart. (sighs) So the synopsis for Underwater (laughs) is a crew of oceanic researchers working for a deep sea drilling company try to get to safety after a mysterious earthquake devastates their deep water research and drilling facility located at the bottom of the Mariana Trench. Again, because I, I'm not a fan of Kristen Stewart. Everybody obviously knows that. That's listened. I wasn't expecting much. I don't actually know why I put it on. Usually I would do the kind of dickhead thing and be like, no, she's in it. I'm not interested in watching it, which is totally wrong. And this shows that this was an excellent movie. This was, this was alien at sea. This was, Kristen Stewart was fucking excellent in it. She was she was underwater Ripley and she played it brilliant. She actually came across as a, a badass that is in full control, that can take care of herself. She looked good. She looked stylish. Her acting was seriously on point. The effects in the movie were great. The tension was great. The soundtrack and the kind of sound was excellent. Really, this was probably one, one of two films in my top ten that I really expected nothing from and was quite blown away. Uh, so, yeah, Underwater, I think it's available on Sky. Again, Sky I, watched it, I watched it on Sky. Uh, so, yeah, it could be available on Sky. It's, it's worth checking out if, you, if you're a fan of horror, you're a fan of kind of creature horror, tense, dark horror. It works. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it, and it, it kills me to say that because I know uh, the, the the things that I've said about Kristen Stewart. I'm still not a fan of her, but this was a fucking excellent performance, and she's she's clawing her way into my heart now. She's she's getting there. Uh, it just means I'm gonna have to push one of you out though, because I've only got space for a few folk in there. So might need to replace you with Kristen Stewart, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. If she brings out another absolute banger like this, then. You can get in the bin 
and I'm going Buffon. <laughs> I I'll be I'll be sad to be put in your bin because there's 100 percent the next movie she brings out certainly the next horror movie she's in will be outstanding. I fully believe it. So my number nine, I have went to South Korea, I think, and uh, <laughs> my <laughs> my movie is another fright fest movie. It is the Odd Family, or as it was named for us, Zombie for Sale. I don't, uh, I don't remember much about it. I knew that's why you just paused there, and I thought I'm not going to help him. I'm going to what? <laughs> just float there in the middle of the sea and admit that he does not remember this film that's number nine in his fucking list. <laughs> It's uh, so I no, it's, it's, it's zombies, but not as you know them. Uh, the the I've never looked at cabbage again the same way again. So that's something that stayed with me for this movie. <laughs> and it's good. So that's my number nine. So the synopsis of IMDb <laughs> is when a pharmaceutical company's illegal experiments inadvertently create a zombie, the strange Park family finds it and tries to profit from it. Has that jogged your memory now? Do you remember more of this film? Yeah, the the zombie bites the zombie bites like an old man and he kinda gets young for a while. Is it and then they think that they found like a cure for oldness and then they try and sell it. And it's just, it's quite funny. It's like a comedy, but it's uh, it's good. I think the zombies eventually start to then eat you or something like that. Can't remember. <laughs> it's good. I liked it. Does that? I'm just. I'm not saying a whole lot about it because it might rear its head later on. We'll see. Don't want to give it away. Uh, it's also directed by Lee Min Jae. That might not be how you pronounce their name. Apologies if not, but. Zombie for Sale. So uh, uh, over here, it's been released as Zombie for Sale rather than The Odd Family, or is it the other way around? Uh, I th- well, if you Google it or IMDb it, you get The Odd Family bracket Zombie for Sale. But it's certainly right. released here as Zombie for Sale because Arrow's put it out already. It is out on Blu-ray just now. Right. Wish have, you, buy it. have you bought it yet? I didn't buy it, though. No, of course you think. You don't even fucking remember the film. <laughs> huh. <laughs> Uh, right, so my number eight is a film that I actually only watched a few nights ago. Uh, sorry, two seconds to get IMDb up. Yeah, so I only watched this a few days ago. It's a Shudder exclusive. Uh, it's from Indonesia, and it's from the director of Satan's Slaves, which I know appeared in a lot of people's lists last year. Uh, it's called Empetigor. Have you watched it, Scott? No, I've I've seen it and I've looked at it a couple of times, but I never watched it. This, like Underwater, is one that I just put on. I, I was doing my list and I just thought, right, well, I might as well rack up as many 2020 watches at the end as I can, ones that I've maybe missed throughout the year. Just let's just make sure my list is, is definitely what I want to put out there. Put this on, didn't really pay attention for the first 10 minutes, and then I was like, Actually, yeah, this looks quite fucking good. But then I was fully hooked. The cinematography is insane. The acting is insane. Apart from Satan Slaves, I don't think I've ever watched an Indonesian film. For the the, I don't even know if the budget was big for this, but it looked like it was. Everything it was atmospheric. Uh, the sound again was excellent. There was a couple of wee kind of jump frights that 
although don't scare you, they're done quite well in that way. You're like, oh, that's a, that's a bit creepy. It's a straightforward kind of haunted house type story. Uh, whereas th- this lassie hears about the family house and it's kind of get past the horn. She's got to go to this village to basically suss it out and see about getting this, maybe selling it so her and her pal can make money or whatever. Once he gets to this village, it's a wee bit wicker man, kind of folk horror-esque. It's done so well. The whole time you're thinking, get the fuck out of there. Quickly, there's obviously shit going on. These people are weird. Get out of there. And you're like that the whole way through the film. Well worth a watch. Well worth signing up for your seven-day free trial for Shudder. If not, well worth paying for Shudder for a month to actually watch it uh, in Pettigore really really fucking good uh, and let me get the name of the director because obviously I have to read this one it's Joko Anwar which is actually the easiest name I've read so far <laughs> uh, no I've, it's, it's, it's one I've kind of looked at I'm definitely going to watch it and after that recommendation I'll, I'll be watching it as soon as I can uh, and, I've, and I'll definitely back up what you've just said there if you don't have Shudder get a free trial if you can afford it get Shudder because it's, it's 100% worth it yeah, it it's stands a, up there. If you're into horror movies, it stands up there for sure with Netflix and um, Amazon. It, for, for a while, uh, I think we've talked about this in the show. There was a set amount of movies, and it updated very rarely. So after a few months of having it, you thought, "Is it really worth paying for this?" Because it's the same shit. Recently, they've they've been on point. A lot of exclusives, a lot of new stuff, things like this that I have never heard of. At no point would I, if I seen that on a shelf, would I even have picked it up. But a Shudder exclusive, you then kind of get led to thinking, right, well, if Shudder are going to shout it out now, I'm actually trusting them, so I'm going to give it a go. And I'm so glad that I really, really enjoyed this. I think if I hadn't just watched it the past few days, if I'd watched it a few months ago and then had time for a rewatch, I actually think it would be bumped further up my list. Really? Uh, yeah, really, really good. It's just... The the slight compar I think you'll like it because there's slight comparisons to the the Vivage. <laughs> uh, I can I can never just call it the witch for you. There's we there's slight comparisons to that, but in a loose way. Like you might watch it and go, what? I don't see the witch in it at all. Whereas I watched it and do do see that, but. It really, I, I, I really recommend it. And if you you haven't watched it and you do watch it after this recommendation, please come and tell me what you think of it because yeah. I, I, I'd like to know if other people are appreciating it quite as much as me. On Letterboxd, it seems that people are giving it quite high scores. Uh, but I've not actually heard anybody talking about it. Nobody I know has been talking about it. And it really is generally definitely worth a watch. Excellent. Mm, so um, that was my number eight and this is now yep eight my number eight is a movie that i'd heard about um i think i heard about it in 2019 uh, it wasn't released for for a while and then it popped up on sky cinema and it was actually lauren that decided to watch like chose it to watch and i thought because hearing about it like reading the synopsis and stuff i thought i don't know if this is going to be like one of these weird ones i'll need to watch this on my own but lauren seen you know, the kind of cover art that they gave us in the synopsis and picked it. Um, it is called uh, Swallow. Right. 
and uh, it is a, about a woman who there's a there's, there's a name for it because it's a real life syndrome I think it's called like Pika syndrome or something like that and she just gets the urge to eat like things so she starts off small she's eating like wee things like um I, I, I don't even know what she eats to begin with like dust or something or like wee stones and then she's eating like tacks and marbles and just and it's and it's all about an it's like a mental illness but it's like an element of kind of control like, mm. to try and control her life but what got me into it like really caught my attention it was the the colors the color palette used for the whole movie it's like it's almost kind of there's like a soft palette over it there's lots of reds and yellows and greens but like 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 colored lights almost like um it's there's a kind of 70s aesthetic on it um just in terms of like her clothing style and hairstyle but if i remember right the 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 locations they use aren't seventies per se. They're kind of hyper modern, like uh, big glass windows and things like that. Um, but just, I just, yeah, it's for, for me, just everything about the the look of it was great, and it drew me in. And when I watched that, I was like, I, I like this. I like I like how this looks. I like how this kind of how I feel watching this this you know location. I really like heat tags. Mm-hmm. Didn't like that bit. But it was creepy. <laughs> <laughs> but the story's very, very, very good, man. It's very, very good watching. It's very, very intense, like watching her go through all this, this traumatic, like condition. I kept thinking it was uh, what's her face from Hunger Games that was in it because it looks like her in the poster. It does uh, a wee bit, yeah. What's her she's name? She's actually in a movie I just watched um, the other day. I think she's in that uh, The Devil All the Time. She right, okay. She played a part in that. Uh, her name, her name is H- uh, Hayley Bennett. Mm. Uh, and not the one that I think it is, which I still can't remember her name. What is her name from Muller? Uh, oh my God. Who am I talking about? The Lassie for Hunger Games. What is her name? <laughs> this is like one of these Darren Brown things where he's like, you've, you've said the correct amount of stuff to like fully knock that name out of both of their heads. Oh, everybody's going to be screaming at us right now like oh, obviously it's fucking yeah. Jennifer Lawrence because yeah, <laughs> it is obviously that's Jennifer cool. Lawrence uh, so it's not her I've not actually seen Swallow uh, no, it's, it's, it's good it's worth it's worth it's worth a watch um, it's like again it's like far down in my 10 so it's not amazing but it's definitely kind of worth your, worth your time but you definitely prefer it to your 9 and 10 or have you forgot how a list works again um, I'm starting to think that I prefer The Devil All The Time to all three of the ones I've said so far. <laughs> <laughs> Devil All The Time's going my life. Devil All The Time's leaving on your honourable mentions, is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, Swallow was directed by Carlo Mirabella Davis. Uh, it, it's that way that I do actually really fancy watching it. Not based on your review on my review it's the the one review that you've actually sounded so disheartened and not interested in at all which is weird (laughs) at number 8 but (laughs) okay Uh, but I do I do quite fancy watching it and just even based on the poster with the kind of neon lights I probably get why do do you know what I mean with the aesthetic that I'm talking about like that kind of colour palette yeah that's like that drew me straight in yeah Scott you could probably I could film me having a shite and put a neon light behind it, and I think you would still watch it over and over again. Yeah, I would. 
and I'm not ashamed. <laughs> so my number seven is probably I'm quite surprised because when I first watched this, it was probably last December. Uh, if not, it was definitely near the very near the beginning of the year, unless I just remember things totally different, which could happen in 2020. Uh, it's about a mad one. I thought it was going to be my number one. I was quite convinced that not a lot would beat it. Uh, it's directed by Richard Stanley and it stars our best friend, our favourite guy, our superhero, Nicolas Cage. Uh, it's called Colour Out of Space. Was that uh, a 2020 movie? It is a 2020 movie, yeah. Oh, I forgot about that one as well. I, it says 2019. It came out. I'm sure it was December, but it didn't come out in the UK, or we couldn't we couldn't legally see it until yeah. January. Uh, so I'm I'm counting it as 2020. If you're listening, it's going. Oh, it was 2019. Then fucking fine. Don't put it on your 2020 list. But this is my 2020 list. And guess what? Color of Space is number seven. <laughs> I thought it was eight. <laughs> yeah, uh, I actually watched this the other uh, the other week there, and uh, it's. It did not disappoint at all because it's like it's like um, all, all the pink color obviously over the front of it, and because Nicolas Cage, you get it, you, people will draw comparisons to Mandy just by looking at the covers, and I probably subconsciously did that because I wasn't the biggest fan um, of Mandy, uh, mm-hmm. but I watched Color at Space and um, like I wish I'd remembered that it was a twenty twenty, and I put definitely put it in my list. It's fine. You've still got time. You can you can move it about anyway. You do this every year. You change your list as we go along, so it's all right. It's allowed. Yeah, my, my, list, my lists are fluid. Because <laughs> of the time you spend on it. Uh, so Colour Out of Space is a H.P. Lovecraft novel. Uh, the synopsis is a secluded farm is struck by a strange meteorite, which is apocalyptic consequences for the family living there and possibly the world. Like Scott says, there can be so many comparisons to Mandy, but it's such a different film. Uh, if you didn't like Mandy, there's still a good chance you'll really like this. If you liked Reanimator, if you liked From Beyond, if you liked the the aesthetic of Mandy, like that way that the colours are trippy, the the way the colours meld together, they, they take you into the movie. You're not just watching this uh, colour by numbers film where it's the same colour palette as every other film. The colours in Colour Out of Space are are fascinating they, they, it looks so fucking good I think it was 4k I watched it and if not it was blurry so that could be a big part of it but it was excellent it's a Lovecraft story so you know it's going to be dark you know it's going to be sinister you know it's going to be good and it's a Nicolas Cage performance so you know it's going to be fucking batshit crazy and it has all those things it's such a, it's such a good film it maybe should be further up my list because I, I, I fucking loved it when I watched it. I've watched it three or four times since. Uh, maybe my enjoyment has been lessened each time a little, but it's still an excellent film. Still well worth a watch. A lot of fun. Colours look good. Performance is good. Love Nick Cage. Love Lovecraft. Number seven, Colour Out of Space. Excellent. I yeah I I fully agree. Uh, it was great. It was uh, exactly what I wanted out of a movie, and Nicolas Cage put in exactly the performance I wanted uh, yep. for watching him in a movie. So yep, I wish I'd remembered to put it in, but I've made it uh, <laughs> onto my list. <laughs> However, 
number seven for me is a movie that um, is did not get a wild a wide release. Um, however, it was picked up and put out by Arrow. That's how I uh, seen it and came to uh, own it. Uh, written and directed and starring uh, a gentleman who has put out a movie that we've discussed on this show before and who stars in one of my favourite films of all time. Well, called, like, what do you call it? When it's not the main, when you know the main guy? Supporting. Supporting He's actor. a supporting actor in one of my favourite films of all time. Um, this movie... It makes the list just because of the kind of independent nature of the filmmaking, uh, because of the coolness of the guy, because of the 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 payoff at the end. It's a slow burn, but it's like an interesting slow burn. And there's some scenes. There's a scene that lasts like twelve minutes, which is kind of very unheard of in terms of like movies it's always an independent kind of thing it's always a kind of uh, uh, like a, a genre thing because people get bored with long long scenes but this one uh, this movie just manages to pull it off uh, it's it's I I really really enjoy it I, I love the cover I love the release I love everything about this this movie it's definitely worth your time if you haven't seen it and it's After Midnight um, I probably by, never knew that <laughs> yeah, as you were saying it I was like ah. by Jeremy Gardner <laughs> yeah Actually, I already typed it up in IMDb, so I've got the synopsis in uh, the director, just in case you missed that, even though you obviously were not going to. Uh, just kissing his ass. <laughs> Aye, so this, this is your number seven. That's uh, my number seven, what, yeah. What did you... What, how did you compare it to The Battery? Like, do you think it's a better film than The Battery, or worse, or the same, or different, or... I think I can probably watch. I can. I think after midnight's getting more rewatch value. I think right. you've got a, you've got a, you know, you've you've got a movie that kind of takes place in re- the real world, even though it's it's like separates itself because it's set in a farmhouse, and uh, and it's separate from the world. But they do, they, they you know, there's elements of it where they're in a bar. There's elements of it where they're they're in normal society to an extent. So it feels more relatable. Um, the the huge metaphor of this of the story is is very relatable. The Battery uh, is a great zombie movie, but I think what lets it down is the the zombies, the mm-hmm. the, the makeup, and because it's an independent movie, and that's that's the only thing that's not it's not like anybody's kind of fault. I think if you had imagine you had the Battery, but with like the 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 Walking Dead effects team and and budget. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not, say, I'm not saying to... like overload it, overload it with ten million extras as, as zombies. I'm just saying have have like proper, like people, pe- people like professional zombies to play your zombies in the battery. Then you've got a movie that's that's believable. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's the only thing. Um, I think if he, I think if he went back and made it now, I think he could he could make a better version of the battery. However, the battery is brilliant. Like as, mm-hmm. as in terms of what what he's written and created and then been went on to create again like i can't wait to see what he does next the only reason i asked that is because i'd watched after midnight uh i picked up the arrow release the same i just they, they give you they give you a blu-ray a copy of the battery in the arrow release which is quite good so yeah that's also partly why i bought it because obviously i knew i definitely wanted that uh yeah. on blu-ray i i, I wasn't keen on after midnight but 
really? I think that's yeah, I think it's purely down to the mood I was in when I was watching it. Probably not paying full attention, which I know I give you grief for all the time. But after I watched it, I just thought, ah, that's done nothing for me. But I know that the, a lot of the fault of that is mine. I know it's not in the film. It's just, I think the mood I was in when I was watching it, I just I wasn't too fussed. It would have took something seriously special to kind of hook me in that night. And I've never went back for a rewatch, which I think is probably robbing myself of that. Uh, especially if you think... Uh, it's a much better movie or not much better but better movie than The Battery as well so I fucking love The Battery so I should I should, I should seriously enjoy this it definitely yeah, it definitely needs your attention it's not a background movie because you need to you do need to watch the story and get invested in the uh, in the in the characters as it goes along I think that's what I've probably done see because I, I'm I, I love watching subtitle films just because they it forces you into you need to focus. Obviously, I don't know fucking Indonesian, so I need to be reading the screen or there's no point in me watching this movie. And I'm I'm now I've done it to a point that I'm thinking that I don't need to pay attention to movies that aren't subtitled, and then I'm robbing myself of the enjoyment because I think if I'd paid attention after midnight, I would fully have understood what was happening. I'd have been hooked in and it would probably be high up my list. But because I have kind of, I've been a wee bit distracted, I've not. Uh, so it's got, I'm, I'm quite keen to watch it again, knowing it's so high up your list, even though I know how you do lists and that actually means fuck all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I do, I do, I think I need to, I need to watch it again uh, and pay more attention to actual English speaking films because I obviously can't take it in as much as I think I am when I'm maybe looking at my phone or I don't know just fucking staring into space but yeah, uh, yeah so that, that's your number seven then after that midnight my number seven yeah cool my number six does anyone one, two, three, four, five? Is. my number six uh, we've already talked about is Zombie for Sale or The Odd Family uh, <laughs> I've had a lot of fun with that Fright Fest, I really, I really did. I thought, again, the cinematography, it looked excellent. It was laugh out loud funny at times. Uh, we all thoroughly enjoyed it in the cinema. I think that's also part of it. Again, the Fright Fest magic, where watching it with all you guys and then having a laugh along with you as well, watching it just made it that bit more special. I've uh, then since bought it on Arrow when they released it, and it holds up. It's an excellent film. It's it's so original, and to be an original zombie film is quite rare. Yet South Korea keep managing it. Like I, I don't know how they managed to put originality into a genre that is to me so dead. It's the wrong word choice, but it is like to me zombies are they've they've been done to death <laughs> again. They've been done to death stop doing it, do something else. Yet Korea are bringing out these zombie movies that are so... At times they can actually be quite textbook on paper, but they're, they're doing things that you've never really seen before in a zombie film. Uh, or things that... I just do things a wee bit different, and I absolutely loved Zombie for Sale. I thought, I thought it was great. I'm glad it's on your list as well. I'd be quite upset, actually, if it wasn't on your list, because I know we all enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, at Fright Fest. So yeah, Zombie for Sale. So if you've not seen Zombie for Sale, that's it now on both our lists. So pull your finger out and go and watch it. If you watched it and you didn't like it, you obviously don't understand cinema. Uh, <laughs> so you can fucking suck on that one. Uh, cool. So that's number six. I can't get... See, my spreadsheet, it, oh, number one is the title and the director and the first watch in the comment section because I, I, I do this and I think that I'm going to actually input all this information and keep a tally all year. But it then throws my numbers off. So my number one starts at number two. It's obviously only one digit out, but I can't compute that when I'm just looking at the screen. So that's why I keep fucking up my numbers. So I'm out on number six, yeah. Thank that, that you just gave me a number six. Yeah, I'm just about to give my number six. Yeah, cool. I really need to be better at numbers. <laughs> okay, my number six was a movie I watched in October. It was on my 31 of Halloween uh, list. Um, we had somebody had uh, watched it before I got around to watching it and said they didn't enjoy it, which kind of made me think, oh fuck, maybe this isn't going to be that good. I read about it in a. I think I read about it in Total Film. I think I was at work and it was one of those periods where there was a magazine's lying about and I thought, I'll have you browse through it. And I read about it, read about the director, who I believe is Charlie Kaufman, who done uh, Being John Markovich and something else. So there's kind of weirdness in his movies. And it was it was re- it was writing in the article, he was talking about how um, he doesn't he never ever done what people expect him to do because like the, the nobody's ever wanted to give him money for the movies he wants to make. Because they're always weird, and they're never the studios are never sure if he's if they're going to be any kind of hit. Um, so I was like, right, okay, I'm into this. I'm into like, you know what he's talking about. Uh, and this movie stars um, the girl who was in Wild Rose, J- uh, Jesse something or other. Uh, Jesse Buckley. Who, Jesse Buckley. It stars the guy who kind of looks a wee bit like Fat Matt Damon. Uh. <laughs> Jesse Clemens Jesse Clemens and it also mm-hmm. stars Tony Collette who is outstanding in absolutely everything that she's in and then mm-hmm. there's a guy for Harry Potter in it as well David Thales yeah <laughs> uh, this is I'm thinking of ending things now this movie I don't understand this movie I don't know what happens at the end <laughs> I don't I don't know what's going on alright I'll admit that but I just loved it just loved different about it I loved how weird it was. I loved how it fucking was jumping all over the place. I loved how I loved how I didn't understand it. <laughs> so yeah, such a weird, a weird thing to love about it. I, I love that this movie made no sense to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I just, I just loved, I loved that. You know, I liked it enough. I don't know how. To, I honestly don't know how to describe what, what. I liked about not understanding what was going on. Like it didn't make me think, didn't upset me that I was confused. It didn't make me think, like annoy me. I was I was able to try and work out what it was that was going on, um, and I liked the the way that I, I I had enough information for the characters to kind of follow roughly what was going on. And I was waiting for like maybe like a Lynchian style where like like time fully flipped or characters flipped or whatever. But it's it certainly plays with, I think it plays with time. It plays with. Um, it plays with characters, and I think it plays with uh, reality. Mm. So, if you like Wait. those things, if you if that makes any sense to you, then yeah. watch it. And if if you if it doesn't make any sense to you, but you like what I'm saying, then watch it. <laughs> so yeah, to be honest, that's actually sold it for me. Uh, yeah, 
I'd have, I'd avoid, when you you watched it, you sang its praises, and that was your big thing. I don't understand what's going on. I don't even know if it's a horror, but I really like it. And I just thought, right, I'm, I'm, I'm maybe going to go back to that, and then I never did because it was like two hours. Uh, I think it is two hours long, isn't it? Two and a bit. Yeah, it's quite a long. It is quite a long one. Yeah, set, set an evening aside to watch it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but I, do, I definitely will watch it at some point. I fancy. I'm actually reading Charlie Kaufman's new book uh, just now, which is fucking weird. Like, yeah, yeah, like so strange that way that I'm about twelve percent of the way through it. I don't have a fucking clue. And I know you can do that with movies. But I don't know if you can do that with books. Like, it's weird that I'm enjoying it. Although, the same as what you say, I don't have a clue what's happening. But I think if I get to 20% and I still don't have a clue what's happening, I might just sack it. But it's fun so far. That's all that matters. Yeah, let's see. So I definitely will check that out. Uh, It's on Netflix, isn't it? Yes. So I'm thinking of ending things. That's number six. So this brings us to the top five. Uh, do you want to do a rundown of our in fact no tell I we'll get to number three and then sorry we'll do a rundown I forgot that you're on the ball this year mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so my number five uh, is a movie I watched really recently because I don't know I don't know what it's like to watch over here I watched it through the high seas did I not didn't I actually that's an absolute lie I rented it off Amazon you can you can buy it and rent it off Amazon just now uh, it's Possessor, directed by Brandon Cronenberg, who's obviously the son of David. The synopsis is, Possessor follows an agent who works for a secretive organisation that uses brain implant technology to inhabit other people's bodies, ultimately driving them to commit assassinations for high-paying clients. Uh, I kept seeing a poster for this. It looks quite haunting. It's like this face mask that's all droopy and weird. It's got the main lassie from Mandy, who looks quite unsettling and I don't mean that in an offensive way looks quite unsettling at the best of times uh, so there's just something so creepy about it and I, I never understand sci-fi the fact that I can't even count backwards from 10 should give you an idea of why I don't understand sci-fi but this was fucking excellent this was it was so so dark and twisted in places uh, quite haunting in bits there's, there's some scenes that linger with you for a few days uh, about like Hounds of Love a few years ago like I think that a few days after I'm still thinking about that movie and bits I liked about it bits I maybe wasn't keen on uh, wanting to go and watch it again and if it's a movie that makes me want to go and watch it again to find something that I've maybe not seen the first time that's a fucking excellent movie that's a great a great quality to have in a movie and Possessor really was good again I think if I'd watched it back in April if it came out in back in April or May or something I'd watched it then and get time for a couple of rewatches Possessor might even be higher up because it's very it's very different to a lot of other horror out there just now uh, and one that I think I think will should probably appear in quite a lot of people's lists if they watched it because I I don't after watch I don't think you can watch Possessor and not like it or not appreciate it just for different bits I'm trying to say things without actually giving it away because I think you need to go and watch it but yeah Possessor number five check it out it's fucking excellent it's great um, it's bad I'm, I'm desperate to see Possessor it's, it's uh, I've, I've seen loads of people talk about it 
I haven't managed to see it yet, but I think I'm going to I'm going to rent it. I think because it is on Amazon, you can rent it for I think it was six ninety nine last time I looked. So yeah. I, I'm definitely going to do that as soon as I can. It's a bit like a like a feature length Black Mirror episode, but darker, more violent, more a horror Black Mirror episode uh, as a feature length type thing. Really, if you like sci-fi at all, if you don't like horror and you like sci-fi, you you will probably still like this. Uh, really, yeah, really good. A, stra- a, a strange one because it, it's that way that. I like so much about it, but I still feel like I need to watch it again. Like there's just some part of me feels like you need to go and see this, and as if there's things I've missed, there's something in my head wants me to watch it again. But after first watch, four point five out of five. What a fucking great film! Loved it, Possessor. Well worth your six pound rent, definitely. My number five is a movie that has about a, I think it's like an eighty-three minute runtime. In fact, it might even be less than that. No, it's way less than that. It's like a 53-minute runtime. Is this an um, episode of Coronation Street? Because if it's an episode no. of Coronation Street, I'm going to be fucking bailing. No. <laughs> um, this, at the start of lockdown, the director or the writer of this this movie made a short uh, short horror, maybe a couple of minutes long, and it was about his pals on a Zoom call, and then he heard a noise up the loft, and then he got a jump scare, and it was so effective. It was so effective that he was commissioned to turn it into a movie, and that movie was Host, and it's fifty odd minutes long. It's on Shudder, and it is you watch it. You know what? So this movie, this movie, right? I watched this on the telly with Lauren, right? But I tell you what, this movie is the movie that designed for the way I watch movies. This is for on an iPad with earphones because you're you want to be that would make you almost like involved in the Zoom call with these people, and it. There's the jump scares are all there and they're earned. They're not they're not cheap. They are earned and it is fucking terrifying, scary as fuck, and it rounds itself off to a nice conclusion. And it's and I mean it's done so much so so well. It's been rated like one of the, the best movies of last year. It's on so many lists. It is it got picked up to be a physical release, um, and it, and it running under an hour and it's still and people are people are buying it. People are watching it. People are loving it. Mm. And that's yeah. Still on Shudder just now, I believe. Yeah. Directed by Rob Savage. Uh, Rob who, Savage, that's that, yeah. See, when the lockdown was announced at Christmas, uh, he was actually stuck in London and had tweeted uh, to see if there was anyone that would let him stay with him uh, over Christmas. Because later, later sent me, I was like, I wish I was in London, because I would well have invited them round. Imagine how fun that would be. Like, mate, can we just talk about that movie? <laughs> Let's just talk about that. Uh, host was great. Uh, I'm, I'm fully with you there. The, the jump scares were very well done. It, the kind of paranormal activity effect in that way that it was low budget, came out of nowhere, and people were fucking terrified. Yeah. And just shows you that you don't need a big budget to actually kind of strike fear into the hearts of people because this was jumpy. The I even let out audible kind of, oh, you're fuckery <laughs> as they're watching it. So that's a great choice. Well done. Host. <laughs> Did you actually just yes? Yeah. Well done. <laughs> yeah. It's been like fucking five years, and that's it. Finally, you've got a well done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so my number four. Yes. <laughs> Why can't I do this? My number four. Uh, again, people might say that this is a 2019 film. I didn't have access to it to 2020. 
as far as I'm concerned. So it's a 2020 movie for me, and it's directed by Robert Eggers. It's another film that, again, after I watched it, I was like, nothing's going to beat this. Nothing is going to beat this film. This is definitely top of my list. Uh, and it's The Lighthouse. Uh, stars Robert Pattinson, stars Willem Dafoe. Most people that are listening to this have probably seen it because everybody was just wanting to suck the dick clean off this movie. Like, everyone loved it. I fully get why. Uh, two lighthouse keepers try to maintain their sanity while living in a remote and mysterious New England island in the 1890s. Like the witch, uh, atmospheric as fuck, so dark. Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson uh, seriously act out their skin. They're excellent in this. The, the movie's so moody, so gripping, even though not a lot happens. But just an excellent piece of kind of art cinema. Is it fair to call it art cinema? Does that sound Yeah, I think, no, I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm, no. uh, but yeah, I, really, I, uh, so I enjoyed it. i seen it in the cinema. I went to cinema. It was one of the movies I went to see myself. Um, it was all right. I think it was, quite, it was good. It's a, I don't think, it, to me, I don't think there's a lot of rewatchability because it's quite a, like you say, not, not a lot happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it's 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 an experience to see. I think it's like you say. I think it's art. I think you want you watch it to to gain that. You know, give it your full attention at least once. I I think the reason you maybe wouldn't want to watch it again is the reason I like it. There's a there's a kind of layer of disturbing proper creepiness, probably like genuine horror about it. That's kind of under the surface that makes you feel quite unsettled uh, or unsettled sorry when you're watching it and I think that can maybe play up to oh, I, I, I kind of like that but I don't really want to watch it again a bit like uh, what was that one from uh, last year Possum like after you watch it you feel dirty you feel like that movie's literally dripping off you like dirty greasy sweat the lighthouse isn't as intense as that, but there is definitely a, a kind of sinister vibe. There's comedy in it that just you don't expect at all, just like well out there comedy. And the fact that Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson kind of bounce between this uh, tense horror and absurd comedy is quite testament to the skills of them, especially Willem Dafoe. Nobody needs to be told how good an actor he is. But yeah, it's... It's interesting to hear you say that, because yeah. I thought everybody just fucking loved this film. I know obviously there'll be a lot of people there that won't, but definitely my number four. I'm I'm delighted about it being there. Uh, if you've not watched The Lighthouse, go and check it out. Not one for everyone. I do get that people... Anyway, Lighthouse n- n- number four. Loved it. Excellent. <laughs> uh, my number four is a movie we've already discussed uh, on the list so far. Um, starring the female Robert Pattinson, who I'm just not entirely sure why your sexist brain is making Robert Pattinson uh, acting out his skin, but you've got such a problem with uh, the female version. Um, anyway, uh, I won't say too much. My number four is starring the absolutely fantastic, unmatchable, amazing uh, actor, Kristen Stewart, and it's Underwater. Hey, well, technically, I said that she acted out her skin as well, so I'm not being sexist at all. I'm saying both of them acted out her skin this year. 
that's not sexist. It's just finally Twilight has came full circle. They've now they've, both of them have evolved into Pokemon that I want to watch. Unless they bring out some shit next, which is fair enough. So Underwater is your number, your number four? That's my number four. Do you say why, or are you just fucking just going to read the coattails in my description, Ella? I uh, just going to read the coattails in your description, I. Uh, <laughs> what, what he said. That's <laughs> <laughs> such a lazy, lazy bastard. Right, that, <laughs> right, that brings us to our. Uh, well, let's do a rundown and then the honourable mentions. So, my list, number 10, is hashtag alive. You can find that on Netflix. Number nine is Underwater, which I think you can find in Sky. Number eight is Empetigore, uh, which you can find on Shudder or Amazon Shudder channel. Just get Shudder. It's well worth it. Just Not just for this. There's a lot of exclusives this year. In fact, yeah, Host. Host is on Shudder as well, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, there you go. A month worth of Shudder for like £4 is worth it just for those two movies alone. So sign up to Shudder, man. Uh, after that is Colour Out of Space by Richard Stanley and Zombie for Sale, then Possessor, then The Lighthouse. My, do you want me to give my honourable mentions before you do your rundown? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so my honourable mentions would be Host, which Scott's already covered. That was, it, it was a great film. I expected nothing from it. And it's probably the only film that's actually made me physically jump and audibly kind of let out noises that I wouldn't want to let out and for such a low budget thing it was so effective uh, really great I don't know if I'd watch it again because I don't think the scares would get me again so I don't want to ruin it I don't want to watch it and be like ah oh, I've seen that coming obviously because I've watched it so I just think it, for me it's a one time thoroughly enjoyed watch and that's it so that's the only reason it's not uh, in my top 10 on that, uh, The Invisible Man, the remake, which isn't a remake, Reimagining, uh, directed by Lee Winnell. People know what I feel or how I feel about the Universal horror movies. This movie made me feel physically sick, the idea of it, that they wanted to do an Invisible Man remake, because the original Invisible Man is fucking incredible. This is a totally different story. Elizabeth Moss is excellent. The effects are excellent. It, it generally was a fun watch. Again, not enough to get in my top 10, but if you've not seen it, Invisible Man's one I think a lot of people, even non-horror fans, would enjoy. Uh, far less rape than the the Kevin Bacon Hollow Man version of Invisible Man, which is probably good. Uh, and on that, Come to Daddy by Ant Timpson, stars Elijah Wood. Quirky, fun, different, original Elijah Wood is one of those guys that I think he can't really do anything wrong. Like he's never really, he's never came out and offended anyone. He's never really done anything that makes you think that Elijah Wood's a wanker. Uh, yeah, he, he, also, he, he, he he makes weird movies. He's got he, he loves he loves cinema. Obviously, he's like produced Company Daddy, produced the remake of Maniac that he starred in, and he's he's produced quite a lot of other things. I think his name came up on Color Out of Space as well. Um, as a I did actually. Yep. So I, he's. I'm just so glad he wasn't diddled when he was younger. <laughs> if you if you take nothing else from this episode, just take that me and Scott are both glad Elijah Wood wasn't diddled as a child because 
he is he's I think he's one of those guys that we're gonna think in years from now and be looking back at what Elijah would actually done and be like, What a guy man. If he wants to do it, he does it. He can do big budget things to get the money and then he can go and use that money to do the things that he wants to do and that is seriously admirable. Well done Elijah Wood. Yeah. Number one in my top ten people of horror, Elijah Wood. <laughs> yeah. So would you like to do your rundown? So my rundown, in at 10, Sea Fever. Uh, don't know where that is. Number nine, Zombie for Sale. You can buy it on Arrow Blu-ray. Eight, Swallow. Get that on Sky Cinema. Seven, After Midnight. You can get that on Arrow Blu-ray. Six, I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Get that on Netflix. Five, Host. Get it on Shudder. I think we've told you a couple of times, get fucking Shudder. Um, <laughs> four, Underwater. Get that on Sky Cinema. And here for my... Honourable mentions. I have A Ghost Waits. Now, we had issues with us watching this movie at the time at Fright Fest. It's black and white to cover a multitude of sins, mainly the makeup uh, on the ghost. The ghost is not a dead person. The ghost is a person with lines drawn on her face. Uh, the lassie also is clearly an old emo because she still gets stretched ears like without earrings. These are just small nitpicky things that I'm looking at. This takes me out of the um, suspension of disbelief. However, uh, McLeod Andrews stars in this movie and he's fantastic, he's outstanding he's been outstanding, never have watched uh, watched them in um, they also use the mo- the song uh, Yellow Cotton Dress by the uh, by Woosie which uh, ended up on the Scotland Liam vs. Evil playlist on Spotify, uh, I listen to it very regularly the, the movie Ghost Waits stuck with me and that's why it's on my honourable mentions next honourable mention, another Fright Fest movie Death of a Vlogger now, this only didn't make it into my top 10 because I didn't see it at Fright Fest. I watched it recently on Amazon Prime. You can watch it. I didn't see it at Fright Fest because that was on the night. That was when I, when I left Johnson Chronic. This was like next or next, next after that. It was on that night and I never seen it. But I loved it and I like the idea of being made, in, like being a Scottish guy who's made it here and ha- watching the director on Twitter see what's happened to this movie. It's done really well. So that's definitely an honourable mention. Next one I'll mention is Spree. Uh, that is now on Netflix. Uh, this only missed out a place in my top 10 because of Frankie Grande, uh, Ariana's half-brother, and Misha Barton. Their characters in this movie, they're only a, it's a very small part. They are actually acting, or air quotes, trying <laughs> to act. Uh, the acting is so fucking terribly shite. That, it, that that whole section just ruined the movie for me as a, as a whole in terms of it being in my top 10. If if they had been playing themselves as, you know, like entitled, obnoxious party people, that would have been fine. If they were playing themselves, I could have gotten bored with that, if, even if the acting was shite, because they were trying to be, do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Misha Barton I can get away with being, acting as a character, because she's an act, she is an actor first. Even though she's now on reality TV, she's like she's in that fucking stupid uh, whatever I don't even know what the program is. That one that the Spencer Pratt and his Heidi Pratt are in. The Hills. The Hills, yeah. She's now in the Hills. Misha Barton. Really? Um, yeah. Is the Hills so, still a like, thing? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, so <laughs> she's obviously went from legitimate actor from being in uh, the Sixth Sense in the OC to being a fucking idiot. So I, uh, that's why I can't take That's why she's trying to be a legit actor, character in this movie. And that's what annoys me. If they were playing themselves as fucking idiots, 
getting this guy's taxi, I'd have been like, right, fair enough, that's that's we kind of making the movie meta, making it as if is it real, is it not real? Um, but because they were playing characters, that's literally the reason why it's not in my top ten. Um, and <laughs> obviously, we'll not be tweeting this to Misha Barton now. He's <laughs> <laughs> just outed her as a fucking idiot. <laughs> um, the last honourable mention I have is Possessor. Uh, this is the more mentions and not in my list because I haven't seen it yet, but I know I'm going to love it. And I know what happened the last time I put a movie on the list that I hadn't seen. So, <laughs> that's right. it, it would it have killed me to get mad at you because I'd go, Possessor will be on your list and it should be on your list, but I'm raging that you've put it on your list without watching it. So, I'm so glad you put it as an honorable mention with two movies that I did not enjoy. But in case you want to tweet it to him, let's just not talk about how I didn't enjoy those two. Uh, <laughs> Spree, I thought, I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, same yeah. as you, I wasn't expecting much from it. It, it was a, a clever, interesting, quirky concept, and I'm fully with you. Both those characters were annoying as fuck and took me out of it as well. If then actually nearly made me turn it off near the end because I was like. Do you know what? I'm, I've kind of lost interest now. Like that, that annoyance is too much. Uh, yeah. But I'm not going to. I'm not going to fully attack Misha Barton like that. <laughs> uh, it was it's a great movie and well worth a watch, especially if you're a fan of Stranger Things. And have you watched the the new Black Mirror thing? The This Is Twenty Twenty or no, whatever. No, it's... I I watched like the trailer of it and I seen nobody talking about it and it looked like it was just like a Talking Heads like interview and I thought I'm not interested in this. It's it's not at all. All the actors, it's a, a excellent cast. All the cast are playing characters. Uh, to be brutally honest, I don't think it's good. I think it, all the jokes are in the trailer. All the jokes are so obvious and kind of on the nose. It's like, oh yeah, twenty twenty is bad, and here's people doing this and doing that. It was just for such a good cast. It was. To me, it was a total fall flat effort. Uh, for the writers as well, I, I expected so much more, but I just thought, no, I, I actually feel like I could maybe have wrote funnier jokes mm-hmm. in some of it. But uh, Joe Mick, whatever his name is, uh, he actually plays a character very similar to Spree. Like he's a he's a YouTube Twitch streamer, all time about twenty twenty, and he's actually really good in it. And I watched that before I watched Spree. So I watched Spree, I thought, right, that's why they've cast him as that. I had no idea, I just thought it's such a fucking weird thing for him just to appear in, being a, a, a YouTube guy. But I think they've maybe done that based on Spree because he's so good at it. He's fully convincing yes. as this knobhead uh, online streamer. Uh, really, what really I also liked was it's like complete... like. Yeah, he's got like kind of a bit of confidence or whatever. And, you know, it's it's not even about having confidence. It's it's the character from Stranger Things, even the between the seasons, because his character in Stranger Things changes from being like the bully dickhead in season one to being like like a likable guy and a hero mm-hmm. and as as they as they go on. Um, sorry if that's a spoiler for anybody. Um, <laughs> and then it's a, again, it's a it's another character again in Spree, completely different personality. He's he's shown his he's shown his range as is like a really decent actor. Mm-hmm. Definitely, especially compared to Misha Barton, apparently. Uh, right, so cool. Are you ready for your your final three then? I am ready. And it's three movies that you've seen. It is three movies that I've seen. <laughs> it's three movies that came out in two thousand and twenty. 
as far as I'm led to believe. <laughs> this does not bode well. So I'll go for my number three. My number three is a movie that was actually sent to me uh, by one of our listeners, Bill. Uh, he sent us the a copy of it. Uh, for us to watch because he thoroughly recommended it he said it was great I'd heard other people talk about it but I didn't quite know where I could watch it and it is The Lodge directed by Veronica Franz and Severin Fiala The Lodge is uh, the synopsis is a soon to be stepmom a soon a soon to be stepmom is snowed in with her fiance's two children at a remote holiday village just as relations begin to thaw between the trio some strange and frightening events take place the lodge is fucking dark the lodge goes dark places that about maybe 40 minutes in i didn't think it was going to go about 18 minutes in i thought i'd solved it fully like i know where this movie's going i'm still enjoying it but i'm i'm disappointed because i never solve movies before the end i was convinced i knew what was going on here right up until the last like 10 minutes i knew where this movie was going i enjoyed the ride and then it went darker than i thought it would possibly go really worth a watch again atmospheric you feel like you are in that cold isolated cabin you're with those folk, the, the performances across the board from the kids. Who is why the wee boys from uh, the new uh, in that chapter two. I can't remember who he plays. Uh, it's the main wee boy, George's big brother. Uh, Bill. Yeah. Uh, the, the acting across the board is great. But yeah, I really recommend. Thanks to Bill for sending it because I I would have watched it eventually, but it would it would have took a while. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed this. I actually watched it again like three days after I watched it the first time. Just uh, really, yeah, I can't, I can't recommend the lodge enough. Have you seen it? Yeah, I, I thought it was alright. Just alright, just alright. Aye. Well, there you go. Just shit over my review it then. So, <laughs> uh, you can have but a you know what? No, but I think it's alright. You've <laughs> actually, um, you've actually inspired me to contemplate going back and giving it another watch because I, I, I did watch it. I did enjoy it, but like you just picking up like I'm, re- I'm remembering how dark it was just the way that you're describing it I'm remembering like like the twist and like in it I'm thinking you know it is, it is a good movie yeah the, the, the whole the, the, it's not really ruining it by telling you there's a twist there but when you think it's going to go one way and then it goes the other way you go oh, that's quite clever and then it actually it turns away you go oh for some reason I didn't even expect that because that's dark as fuck and there's no way you're going to do that in a movie that like you're actually I don't know if it's mainly for horror fans or if the lodge is a kind of wider release thing I don't actually know any of that I've not looked into it but it's the type of thing that if you were a general cinema goer and you went to see the lodge I think by the end of it you'd go oh the directors are fucked up that like why did it go there yeah, uh, yeah really definitely I, I really really liked it and um, well, obviously, if you liked it, it's fucking number three, and I put it above the lighthouse and possessor, which some people might be screaming like, "What are you doing? That that's that's madness." But it's my list. So yeah, I haven't even seen possessor. Now. I know that's madness. <laughs> <laughs> see, <laughs> see if your number three is a movie you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> my number three is a movie that um, now these uh, this movie is in here. I think it's so high up because. 
it is it's it's no, it's no nostalgia. What's the word that you used? It's like just the experience that I had while watching it. It's a movie from last year I seen in the film theater. It was part of the film festival, but not part of Fright Fest. Um, me and Lauren went to see it. Uh, the premiere, the actress was there with the director. It is weird. It's another movie that I don't fully understand. Um, but I loved it. It, it stars Imogen Poots and Jesse Eisenberg, uh, and it's called Bavarium. I fucking hate. I fucking hated it. What? Nah, honestly, I, I, I watched it later. Later, I loved it. It looks good, but see, to me, the fact that by the end of it, you're like, why? Why have I just wasted time on that? I, I like. I, I like to maybe not know what's going on, but by the end of a movie, I like to come out going right. I understand what I've just watched. I understand what's just happened. After Vivarium, I felt like. No, what what genuinely just happened there? What what was I watching? Was it real? Was it not real? Was it how did it end? There was too many questions and it just annoyed me. I just thought that's that's fucking pretentious up its ass shit. Why why have I why have I spent time watching a movie that there is no real explanation behind? But that's well, um, maybe just a, a I'm glad that I just went and recently changed my number two to my number three then. <laughs> imagine <laughs> imagine stayed at number two. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you put number three, but that that's just me. Everybody else that like Lena really, really enjoyed Vivarium. So I could be the rotten apple here that is the only one that doesn't like it. But it's just for me you need to I need to have a reason as to why I've watched the film, but I understand that I get the story. To me, Vivarium was very much... It, there wasn't really an explanation, or you weren't... You left the cinema not knowing what you'd watched, not being convinced. I think it's, I think it's a metaphor for, for life, isn't it? And like society, like you must get married, you must buy a house, you must have kids, you must... And then you're like, well, how do I get out of here? Or I'll, I'll dig a hole in the garden and try and escape through the through the you know through the, the dirt. It, to me, there needs to be more than that. It can't just be, oh, here's a metaphor for life. Because I'm like, all right, that's not original. That's not that's not different. That, that's that's like a really on the nose metaphor. So I was wanting something more than that. And I think I think there will be more than that in there. I just I I, I didn't get it at all. But I could be totally fucking wrong. Maybe there's a lot of people there that that's number two and one. Maybe everybody now is reading your list going, my God, Scott's fucking on point this year. Lame shit. There will be, I expect there to be at least one listener who will be thinking that. You? Do you want to <laughs> listen to back, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, it's maybe a movie that, especially if you've got it so high up your list, because this year you really have... You've surprised everyone, especially me. There's movies that you're watching now and sending me, and I'm like, whoa, holy fuck, man. Like, was it, is it, uh, oh, what's his name? Tetsuo, the Iron Man director. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, like, near the start of the year, we done an episode on that, and you didn't care, you didn't get, you weren't interested. And now you've watched his, 
now you've watched like his full fucking back catalogue and you're sending me movies he's done like yeah. oh have you seen this no no I've not even heard of it what is this I, film I, I, yeah I will uh, admit that the both movies that I've got that, um, from Shinya Sukamoto it's been I've actually bought them by accident <laughs> and because uh, that's yeah that's the thing was I took the compliment you can take the compliment. No, no, no. no that's 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 where the compliment came from because the, the first movie that I got was uh, Coco Coco or something like that, I think it's called, and I was watching it and thinking like some of the scenes the way they were filmed I was like this reminds me of that fucking Daft Iron Man movie and then when I looked it up I was like oh shit it's the same director and then that's when it was came like oh that's 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 my uh, that's my my movie maturity showing. Right. Or a million percent it has. That's uh, maybe maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe I should be rewatching Vivarium and seeing seeing the good in it. Uh, never know. Maybe that this whole thing has went full circle. Maybe next year I'm you, just. You know, well, I only feel like it is because I sat in the in the theatre when the director was talking about making it, and he might have told, he might he might have even described what he meant by the movie, but I don't remember what he said. I remember he did say that he's, there was a short movie on Vimeo. And that was um, about foxes. That was that inspired Vivarium. So if I can find it, I'll I'll uh, I'll share it when this episode's out, and people can watch that and see if they. It doesn't it doesn't it doesn't show you anymore. It's just a short film, uh, and there's foxes in it. Hey, to, to me, Vivarium would have worked better if that was a short film. See if it's got again a Black Mirror episode, then Vivarium kind of works. But to drag that metaphor out for. Yeah, it's probably one of these. It's probably one of these situations where he's made this short film, this story, and somebody like at a studio has come up and says, "I like this. Can you make it a feature?" And he's went, "Yes," like you know, like say yes, and then yeah. figure out how to do it afterwards. And then he's just stretched it into a movie just because they're paying him and because you know they'll say we'll get some big names attached because mm. Imogen puts and Jesse Eisenberg are big names. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, uh, that's my that's my number three. Yeah. Uh, What's the what's the other one that's a wee bit like that? That it would be a much better short film, and then oh, uh, lights out, lights out short film was excellent, and then the feature length oh, movie yeah, was yeah. like, what the fuck? Why have you why have you added any time on? Five minutes was yeah. enough. <laughs> like everything else is just pointless. Uh, so number two, mm, right? My number two and one kind of interchanged for a while. And then for the last like four months, it's just not it's been, it's been concrete. So my number two, uh, we both watched at Fright Fest. We both before you go any further. <laughs> before you go any further, I'm not going to say. I really think our one and two or two and one. This is what I'm going to put out here before we go any further. I really think our two and one are going to be the same because I'm so confident that I've got fucking two belters at the top of my list that that it that they need to be. Right, there you go. <laughs> Number two. Uh, right, so my description probably gave it away anyway, uh, especially when I said we both just screamed at the director. <laughs> uh, you kept telling her that I used to be a Catholic and as if she cared, uh, which she didn't. If anything, she actually just thought she was about to be sexually assaulted in the downstairs <laughs> of the GFT. Uh, it's directed by Rose Glass. It was St Maud. Saint Maud was, as the poster says that I'm looking at right now, a mesmerising horror masterpiece, a religious experience. Saint Maud was all of that and more. It was dark. It was the the acting from the main lassie. I, I don't know her name. Should probably research that. 
was incredible. She was fucking great. You felt every single emotion that she was feeling in this film. Uh, coming from a Catholic background, there was a lot of bits in the movie that I'd, I maybe clicked with more than someone who's not from that, maybe. Uh, but it's far beyond that. It's not just a religious horror. It was a, a kind of personal study of religion and grief and everything mixing together St Maud is excellent I can't wait to watch it again it's obviously not out just now so we, we can't rewatch it Just I, I think it would live up to a rewatch uh, but I don't know that for certain the, there, was a, there was a scene near the end that I'm not going to spoil at all the scene lasts a second a point like six of a second and it's the most harrowing scene I've watched all year it is a flash and yet it's the thing that's stuck with me more than any other horror film this year it, it it was an excellent way to end the film excellent way to end this story Rose Glass is somebody I'm definitely whatever she puts out I'm going to find I'm going to watch I'm going to actively seek her work out because Saint Maud was fucking incredible loved it, I, if it well, when it gets released please check it out uh, and then let us know what you think it, it really uh, it was probably one of the best movies I've watched at Fright Fest uh, since, the, since Fright Fest uh, since we've started going to Fright Fest it's probably one of the best Fright Fest films uh, that, I f- that I have I fully 100% agree with you um, it's the themes it, it touches on, the the way that it that it plays out, the the that particular wee flash scene that you're talking about, uh, the way that the whole story just like you know like comes full circle and and glues itself all fully together, it, you know like like that doesn't leave you question anything, but doesn't force feed you the information either. It's 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 a perfect amount to just feel absolutely satisfied when it's finished. And I also think, like you say, I cannot wait to watch it again myself. It's I think it will lend a lot to rewatches because I think it's so clever that when you know this, once you've watched the whole thing and you know how it plays out, that going back and watching it again, there'll be other parts you'll be like, oh wow, yeah, that's right, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Like, and on a different level now that I've seen the whole thing, so I I fully fully agree with you on that movie. Excellent. Uh, so my number two. Um, this is a movie we watched at Fright Fest. Uh, we uh, we met the director and screamed at them. Um, this person makes movies that I just love. There is nothing I can say. This person has made my favourite movie in the whole entire world, and he's only made it a couple of years ago. He looks cool as fuck. He, as far as I'm aware, acts cool as fuck. Um, and this movie just looked the absolute business. I'm sitting here right now with my, my two wee lights. I got an Amazon one set to red, one set to blue because this is that's like this movie is bathed in it. I bought the soundtrack off Mondo. I've got a vinyl sitting there, um, just because I just love this movie. Uh, it was VFW. It is gory. It is fucking exciting, it is grainy it's shot in 16 mil. it is, you know, it's action packed, it is just 
brilliant. Like I don't know what to say. The 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 main guys, the old guys, they just play their characters well. Um, the one of the old guys I just actually noticed that is actually John Kreese from uh, Karate Kid movies. Um, noticed him because I was watching uh, Cobra Kai, and so that's mm-hmm. when I put it two and two together that he's that's him that's this. um the you know ever just everything about it is is brilliant the only thing that brings it down and i hate to have to say this right now during the top 10 is there was a lot of fucking issues i think one of the actors one of the old guys was a bit pervy during this the set um mm-hmm. i think he made some people feel uncomfortable in which uh, joe Bigos had to come across and say like fucking i didn't know the guy was you know touching asses or whatever he was up to um, which some people said he shouldn't have done that. He should have like whatever you know. He's the director. He should have been in. He should have been involved. Like, how can the hell can you know? You can't know. You can't know ever. Yeah. I mean, just because yeah, this old guy's that's... fucking. He's, he's been this week. Old guy's been fucking feeling, you know, like waitresses arses since for forty years. How the hell is Joe Bigger supposed to see what he's up to in his trailer? Anyway, <laughs> just not to not to take anything for this movie. VFW played late in Fright Fest. I was probably I think I was quite drunk with him because Perry was giving me his tonic sipsy his tonic at this point uh, but I bought it on Blu-ray as soon as it came out don't know who put it out I think it was Arrow I'm not sure it's on my shelf anyway um, brilliant if you've not seen it watch it it's on Netflix watch it now without having to pay for it and just fucking fall in love with the graininess the the, the, the neon lights that's bathed in the, the practical effects and uh, a lot of the you know the, the gore fucking brilliant and then when that's finished go watch bliss we we should really have discussed this because you, i've obviously i've sang all yeah. the praises for my number two and you've sang all the praises for your number two and my number two is your number one and your number two <laughs> is my number one because my number one is vfw everything scott said uh, this movie is five out of five like bliss it's joe Joe Bigos doing John Carpenter and doing John Carpenter now stylish and well. Now it's not a criticism at all. Like oh, he's copying Carpenter. Not at all. This is this is a Joe Bigos film. It just has that wee vibe about it. Uh, it's excellent. The ghost fucking incredible. The score's incredible. The looks incredible. The the actual idea of it, the way it's shot, everything. We've said it enough. Joe Begos is one of probably my favourite directors right now. Everything he does is excellent. Mind's Eye was incredible. Bliss, incredible. This, incredible. I can't wait to see what he does next. I'm delighted that we got to meet him at Fright Fest. Uh, that we bought him a drink, even though he actually had a bag of about 15 bottles uh, Jack Daniels after I bought him a double. It cost about 12 quid. <laughs> but I got a, I a wee sip of his, uh, his, his, his whiskey when he gave it out. He the did. only thing I'm disappointed about is he didn't come to sleazies after it like he said he would. I know. But probably probably for the best because it would have just been us just screaming things at him until he left. Yeah. So uh, he probably made the right... Rose Glass probably spoke to him and went, listen, <laughs> don't Dave, go to nice and sleazies with those two because they're, they're literally fucking one shouty mark away from sexually assaulting you uh, so B- BFW is great the fact that one and two of our top ten are from Fright Fest should make us obviously the digital Fright Fest we should be doing that hands down we shouldn't even be questioning it because two of our top ten are from that uh, but I don't maybe I'm wrong to say it I don't think Fright Fest will ever 
have a lineup that's got two movies as strong as this in the same the same kind of weekend lineup. Uh, really, what what a, what a year it was at Fright Fest for this, and what a year for horror cinema because both these movies are fucking excellent, well worth your watch. VFW is available on Netflix just now. Again, most of you have probably seen it because we raved about it after after Fright Fest. If you've not seen it, go check it out, especially if you're a fan of John Carpenter or any Joe Begos's work or any pictures Scott puts up and there's a lot of neon, then go watch VFW because that's obviously where it's came from. And, yep, uh, VFW, my number one horror of 2020. What a film. I, I, I fully agree with you, right? I think it'll be, I think, judging by what we said about, you know, taking uh, Fight Fest movies with a pinch of salt and being an experience makes them better than they would be if you watch them in the house. It is incredible that they have they've the, the lineup they put together last year, um that that yeah and the, the top, our top two movies are from Fright Fest. They and and again they're they're so strong movies they will stand they will stand themselves outside of a festival experience and, and be appreciated by you know, a massive audience. Mm-hmm. And thoroughly recommend them. I did think we. I thought we had them the right the same way round because as soon as you said that we met the director, we screamed at the director. I thought it was meeting Joe Bigos, but um, it's funny that we met both these directors um, and they were two and one. But yeah, just to uh, finish off the top tens and to uh, clarify, my number one is Saint Maud. Uh, if you didn't pick that up already, but yeah, <laughs> I, these two movies. You know, either way you look at it, number two or number one, they are incredible. Incredible. Movies. I actually. Both them five stars. The thing is, you mentioned uh, at the start of your, your our list that uh, you were just going to pick Fright Fest movies. I'm like, that's fucking silly. You can't just pick Fright <laughs> Fest movies. But three of the Fright Fest movies have appeared in both our lists. So, yeah. conceivably, maybe you could. Obviously, with Zombie for Sale. Generally, both movies. Yeah. Check all, all the movies. And the lists are worth checking out if you haven't seen. Obviously, that's why I listed this episode to maybe get tips or maybe just see what we're into. But Saint Modern VFW, I can't sing their praises enough. If you watch it and you don't like it, then that's absolutely fine. You're wrong. You're definitely a hundred percent wrong. But that's for you to be wrong. Uh, go check them out, and as I can't wait for Saint Mod to get released, so I can check that out again. And like you say, there's definitely a bit like Hereditary and. Midsummer is definitely one that I think you'll pick more up on a rewatch. Uh, exactly like you said earlier that it's uh, I've, I'm quite excited to watch it again. And now after talking about this, as soon as we finish recording here, I'm going to be going back on Netflix and watching VFW, even though I own it in Blu-ray and I also ordered it in 4K for America, even though there's no difference. I just stupidly thought there would be. There's not. Uh, but I now have two copies of it and I'm absolutely fine with that because, do you know what? If somebody offered me a third copy for cheap, I would probably buy that as well because it's a fucking excellent <laughs> movie. <laughs> oh, it's brilliant. So standing. Uh, so, that's our best of horror 2020 uh, from Scotland vs. Evil. Uh, a show that hasn't had as many episodes this year, but what you have had has been pure quality and hilarious. I do say for. so myself. Yes. Uh, so what are you what are you up to after this? What, what are you, have you got anything lined up this weekend? Are you um, have you been watching anything, or are you going to watch anything? Are you doing I've, anything? I've been watching Cobra Kai. That is me. I, I never thought that I was a. I just thought, ah, Correct Kid was a good movie, but. I've been watching Cobra Kai and I am like 
I've watched I've watched Karate Kid twice since I've been watching Cobra Kai. It's been on the telly. I've just managed to catch like like three quarters of it twice. I've watched you know Karate Kid one, two, and three. I've watched all three seasons of Cobra Kai. I have you know I've been, I've, I've followed Ralph Macchio on on Twitter because I want to tell him how great he is. I, I was like, <laughs> I've always known how great he is because Karate Kid was good. My cousin Vinny's amazing. It was in a movie called uh, Crossroads, which was great as well. I'm like, why the hell did he not become like super massive? But I'm so glad that 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 he came back for Cobra Kai I'm so glad the guy that played Johnny is like in Cobra Kai because he's incredible he's fucking hilarious I am so glad that even like the guy for, for John Kreese that was in VFW came back for Cobra Kai I'm glad of uh, like all this like so many original cast members came back if the characters in it that was in it in the 80s it's the same actor that's come back to be in Cobra Kai. It is just there's enough in it. There's enough teen drama for like new audiences, and there's a there's there's a so much there's enough adult drama for like the, the older audience, and they know their 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 stick is nostalgia, and they fucking run it hard, and it's just so brilliant. It's half another episode. You can binge them. The only thing is there's no enough. That's me finished season three, and it's ending on a cliffhanger. I really hope they've commissioned some more seasons because I just I just wanted. Do it again, and I find a dojo and start karate. <laughs> I was I was waiting for that. I knew obviously <laughs> there was going to be a Liam joint start karate yeah. uh, coming at some point. Yeah. My mum and dad watched it. Uh, yeah, because my mum and dad lived next door uh, a good while ago. I'd went to obviously and go to the back door and talk to them, and they had Karate Kid three on. I was like, why the fuck are you watching Karate Kid three? Like, oh, we watched about a dozen episodes of that that new thing. I'm like, what? So mum and dad watched Cobra Kai before I even thought about it. Yeah. Uh, and it just, again, like you did, just then started watching the Karate Kids. And I was like, great, there's obviously something in this. Because my mum and dad are not the type of people that would watch Cobra Kai or Karate Kid. Or even think about what to watch, any of that stuff. So to, to grab them, there must be something good about it. I say I've only watched a couple of episodes and I'm, I'm fully with you. I, I, so far, I absolutely love it and I can't wait to... To just binge rest. Yeah. So brilliant, man. Johnny Johnny Lawrence is such a brilliant character. He's hilarious. Uh, just like he's just he's, it's just I just can't describe how great he is. And the and it's one of these ones that I knew it was there. Like obviously there was two seasons. It was I didn't even start watching it until the third season had been out. And I was like, I maybe I'll watch it. And people are saying oh, it's good. And I'm like, I maybe I'll watch it. And it was like you know one of those days we like right I'll pick it, I'll put it on the new. And I was like that was me. I was hooked. I've the whole lot. I think it's broke the records for the the best, the most streamed in whatever space of time uh, show Good. on Netflix now. Because that will commission them to make more. I love that the the main guy was such a bastard in the first Karate Kid that he's went his whole life being that bastard for Karate Kid, and now Abdi's like. Actually, do you know what? You're absolutely hilarious because of Cobra. Because of Cobra Kai, he's just his, his life character has just totally changed. To can maybe, can you um can I I don't know I was going to say can I spoil it? I'm not going to spoil it. Um, I, I'm not going to spoil it. Uh, but it's such there's there's some really really good clever writing in the uh, certainly the kind of first season to kind of let you let you follow the movie. Let you follow the TV show from the point of view of technically what was the villain of the movie, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it's and it's and it's really it's really clever that way. Oh, yeah. No, I'm I'm definitely I'm looking forward to going watch it, especially because you, Duncan, Baz, and I have been absolutely raving about it in the the group message. So I'm looking forward to that. It will be nice. 
Yeah, I haven't really watched anything. Skate videos, I'm still skating. I think I'm still skating. I'm just I, sore. When this, uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to come and join you when this uh, super lockdown 2.0 is uh, relaxed a bit. Oh, to, the, to the DIY skate park? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll be great. I'm at my, all my legs, everything are black and blue. I just keep falling. If anything, I spend more time on the floor than on the board, but... It makes me feel alive at 30, so... Yes, that, just I'm that, that. Um, just that, that song for the new uh, Tony Hawk's in it. But just change it from mid-20s. I don't know if I said this in the episode before. Change it from <laughs> mid-20s to mid-30s. Mid-30s. Well, early, early 30s. Can't be I'm only 31. <laughs> ah, me okay, too. I'm early 30s as well. <laughs> Aye, all right. Uh, but, I that's... That's basically it. So, uh, we will be back. I'm yes, a, uh, uh, yeah, we will be back <laughs> as soon as possible. I'm committing to no dates. Yeah, we'll so, we've seen we've we've seen chat that uh, R.I.P. Scott and Liam uh, floating about. So we're just going to oh. let that run, just to see see how that goes. Cause nobody's really reacted to it, so maybe they don't mind. Yeah, <laughs> maybe they're happy that we're gone. <laughs> maybe this episode actually going to upset everyone because now we've just gave them another you know enough two hours uh, on top of their podcast list that they actually weren't expecting that they don't want. Uh, if that's the case, tell us. Uh, if not, we'll be back in a few weeks, possibly. Uh, we'll go back to uh, choosing a movie. I think it's Scott's choice. Am I right? Yes. Yep. It is. It is. Uh, yes. And we'll just call this season three of Scotland versus Evil. Yeah. How many episodes will be in season three? Who knows? You'll need to <laughs> tune in to find out. <laughs> will it be as many episodes as season one, or as few episodes as season two? How many episodes were in season two? One. Uh, one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow uh, keep, you just, keep me guessing <laughs> if this is your first episode of Scotland vs Evil and you are now at this point thank you and <laughs> you may never hear from us again we'll see uh, but uh, I hope everyone out there is still uh, staying safe people are still chatting away in the group uh, we've got a weekend of message group going as well uh, I hope you're all staying safe. I hope you're all behaving. I hope you're all masking up. I hope you're yeah. all thinking about getting the vaccine when the vaccine is released, uh, and just behave. Yeah. Behave if so we yeah. come out and party again. Yeah, COVID isn't a hoax. That's that's pointless. It's stupid. Days you fucking tell. Stay in the house. Wear a mask. Stay away from people. Simple. Nah, don't nah, you, yeah. Don't make me have to tell you again. Yeah. You won't like Scott when he's angry. And if I have to spend another few months in the house, in my head, I'm going to start actually like doing damage to people. So behave and let me come out and play. Yeah. But, uh, uh, most importantly, if um, also particularly your mental health, find a way to stress release. Um, go or run, yeah. maybe. Do some squats. Yeah. If you're in the house don't and you think... Don't message us. Like, I would say like my DMs are open for anybody that's struggling, but don't message me. I haven't got time for your shit. Here's <laughs> <Those are> the <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> wow. Uh, so just to combat that, if you are struggling with mental health or you are just sitting at home thinking, fuck, I just want somebody to talk to me, feel free to DM me or just get in the chat. See, when you put anything up there in the chat, we've got such a good group of uh, 
he pals right now. A good group of folk. He's all he's all know who you are. If I start saying your names, I'll forget someday, and then you'll be upset and bitching and moaning and raging at me. <laughs> so yeah, the, then they'll the DM group, me and I'll deal with this shit. <laughs> it's got these fucking deal with this shit. Uh, we've got such a, a, a great group of friends uh, chatting away now. It's not even to do with the podcast. It's you you put it out there in the group, and there's always going to be somebody that's going to chat to you that will fucking help you through your problems or just talk shite for long enough that it makes you forget so that's what that group's there for use it to that or just come in and tell us what you thought of St. Maude and VFW and other movies let us know what you thought of this list if you've got your own list and you want us to to look at it if you've sent us enough we can then uh, collate them and give you like the kind of best of group list but I know there's a lot of people that aren't really doing it this year uh, it's been a weird year I didn't think I'd watch that many movies this year until I started counting, but it's it's definitely been a strange year for the kind of the best of us. Do you think? Yeah, mm-hmm. it has. It's been a strange year in general. Yeah. Just need to start focusing and focusing going forward. Focusing going mm-hmm. forward. PMA positive mental attitudes. Yeah. Bit bad brains for you. So take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Come, let us know what you thought of this episode. Let us know what you thought of other episodes. If you're new to Scotland Lane versus Evil and you've never ever came and chatted or joined the group, do it. Don't be embarrassed. Just come and talk to us. You will. Obviously, there's there's so many good folk in there that they like the lodge. I would never have watched that if it wasn't for Bill sending. Is it? And Bill stays in the states. He's set as a movie. It's now in my. It's number three in my top ten list. There's such a good group of folk there. So come and join in and be part of it. Uh, and you never know. Maybe at some point in 2021, you'll get another episode. <laughs> we can. We can. Uh, we can all live and dream. <laughs> Hopefully. Uh, so yeah, guys. We'll, we'll see you soon. Cheers. Nanzaro,こしっぽ。次も上手だ、そっちべきしべっぽ。行くしっぽ、乗ってっぽ、しっぽ。聞こえてる、かさしそうな、こうしっぽ。なんかボケしてる、さっき出てるずっぽ。